Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we are about to have with you, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Speak to their hearts, O Lord God. Touch them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, you know what's going on in their lives, O Lord God, what's going on in their thoughts and what's going on in their hearts, O Lord God. So I pray, O Lord God, that this day that they will hear your voice, dear Lord God, and, and take to your words, O Lord God, and receive of you today. This I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. Pastor Mike here. I'm glad you could join us today. I want to um, talk a little bit about today some of the things that we often say out of our mouths and don't think too much about it. You know, and uh, one of those things that many times we kind of say out of habit, uh, God is in charge. God is in charge. And, you know, when someone gives us uh, some distressing news or we get a bit of bad news or if we are trying to uh, advise someone not to worry about something that's going on in their lives or in the world, for that matter, you know, we're quick to say, well, don't worry about it. God is in charge um, with so much going on in our worlds today. Uh, we could be easily saying that uh, God is in charge. But do we really, really understand what we're saying? That's what I want to get at today. You know, what are we saying when we just simply kind of say God is in charge? Do we just say it out of habit or do we really understand the depth and the magnitude of that statement that God is in charge? You know, do we really appreciate and understand what that means? I want to start right out by going to Scripture, and if you don't have your Bible, now would be a good time to say, hit pause, go get your Bible, maybe a piece of paper or a highlighter, a marker, a pencil or something like that, so you can take some notes. And we want to go to Isaiah uh, chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Amen. As usual, as I always say, we can't just uh, discuss the Word of God without going to the Word of God so that everyone can see it for themselves. Never let it be said that this is per Pastor Mike's opinion. I want to show you in the Word of God. That's why I always suggest, um, urge that if you don't have your Bible, to get it so you can read along with us and see that this is the Word of God speaking. And not only that, but it's also so that you can highlight things because later on, as we go over these scriptures, you'll be surprised how some of the things that we talk about on the, in these messages uh, will indeed indeed come up in your lives and the notes that you may take in your in your bible or on the side or highlighting your bible will be very very valuable to you at a later time as holy spirit so directs you amen okay so let's go to isaiah chapter 40 verse number one comfort ye comfort ye my people saith your god speak ye comfortably to jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished that her iniquity is pardoned for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. We have a lot going on today in our lives, per, both personally and, and then also in, in, in the world around us, you know, in, in the country that you live in, your, your, your province, your, your community, or whatever it may be. There's, there's a lot that's going on. But, but God is saying, if the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. This is God saying that. So God will be revealed, first of all. So, so, so hold on. Don't give up, you know, don't give up in, with, with anxiety and worry about what's going on around us because God is indeed in charge. Now, I'm saying that God is in charge. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all the goodliness thereof is of the flower of the field, is as the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord, of our God shall stand forever. The word of our God shall stand forever. Not my words, but his words. God's word is more powerful than anything, anything that's, that's going on on this planet earth. Okay. God's word shall stand forever. O Zion, that brings good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that brings good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. 
He shall feed his flock. That's us. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord of or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he takes up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are nothing. Again, all nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will we liken God? Or what likeness will we compare unto him? The workman melts a graven image, and the goldsmith spread it over with gold and cast silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he has no oblation chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? I'm going to say that again. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? He that sits upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent to dwell in, that brings the princes to nothing, he makes the judges of the earth as vanity, that brings the princes to nothing, and makes the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted, yea, they shall not be sown, yea, their stocks shall not take root in the earth. He shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Say it again. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who has created these things, that bringeth out their host by number, he calleth them all by names. By the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? Our God doesn't faint. Our God is not weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Underline this and highlight it if you don't already have it underlined and highlighted in your Bible. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. They shall walk and not faint. Beautiful scripture. Beautiful scripture. And reading that along with me, are you getting the gist of this chapter? Are you getting what this scripture is really saying? He, God, is in charge. This clearly shows us that God is in charge. This might make us a little bit uncomfortable or it might bring us great comfort. It depends on your relationship with God and how you view him. Depends on your relationship. God is God. Oftentimes our view of him is skewed, not an accurate view of who he really is. Sometimes we may feel that we are disappointing God and not measuring up to his standards, slipping and sinning over and over and over again. We feel, oh, gee, Lord, I've done it again and I'm not meeting your standards. And oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm just I'm just no, no good. I'm not no good. I'm just no good. As we see in Isaiah 40, 23, God is in charge. He is the one who reduces rulers to nothing and makes the judges of the earth meaningless. And 23 said, if I'll read it again real quickly here, it says that that brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth as vanity. 
the princes or the kings that's being referred to here are the rulers, even in our present day time. God's going to bring those rulers down that are not doing his will, that are not treating the people the way he wants uh, his people to be treated. God's going to bring them to their knees. Simple as that. God is in charge. He is indeed in charge. He is above and sees all and understands it from his perspective. How often do we think that we have the whole perspective or understanding of an issue? Many times we know I understand that and I I can see what's going on. I, I can see and know where things are going. And then we wind up making the wrong assumptions, make the, right, the wrong assumptions. And sometimes we wind up making the wrong decisions because of the fact that we think we understand and we've got a total grasp of the subject matter of what's going on, be it in our lives or what's happening in the world around us, being that we think that we have the total, we have a total grasp of what's going on. And we wind up making the wrong assumptions and draw the wrong conclusions and wind up making the wrong decisions. How often have we incorrectly assumed the worst? Right? Things are going on in your life, a negative thing, and right away you start assuming the worst. You don't think the way God does, but right away you start gathering your facts, gathering what's going on around you, looking at your, your, your spreadsheet, so to speak, and you start drawing conclusions. Okay? And you make, start making assumptions, you know, some, many times the wrong assumptions. How often have we gotten worked up over something that we were sure that we understood? You know, you get yourself all worked up and fired. Well, I know that this is the case. I know that this is the situation. Okay. However, God has proper perspective and insight all the time. Not us. God is the one that has the proper perspective. God is the one that has the the only true and real and accurate understanding of what's going on around us, both in our lives and in the world around us, that things that impact us. God is the one that knows. Sometimes we miss what God what God is doing. Because we just see the shadows of the things that's going on in our lives. And we twist those shadows into something that they are not. You ever do that? You ever do that? Okay. You look at the things that's going on in your life and you, all you do is you see the negative side of it and you wind up twisting it into something that is not indeed reality or not reality to come. Okay. But we look at it and we see it as something that is entirely other than what God is, is, is planning to work out. When you're going through a trial or there are hard times all around us, do you quickly grow in anger and frustration because uh, anger and frustration because of your assumptions and your perceived understanding of the situation? Because of what you think is going on many times will bring us to a point where we're angry and we're frustrated. Maybe we start lashing out at people because we are making assumptions based on our knowledge based on the input that we are receiving and how we are evaluating that input that we are receiving. And we wind up getting all bent out of shape about it. Well, all I can say is thank God for God. Thank God we have a God that loves us. In our weakness and foolishness and sin, we don't have to worry about our lives because of what Jesus has done. Because of what Jesus has done, it is finished. Jesus said it on the cross, it is finished. So that means that everything that needed to be done from God's perspective was indeed done. We as human beings need to learn how to to sit back and benefit by what God has already put before us. We simply have to learn how to reach out and grasp it and take ownership of what he has done. If you're a born again believer and you're in Christ, you can stand before before the one in charge being God with peace and trust, knowing that he has every situation covered. God is indeed in charge. We should fear him and fear. When I say fear, according to the word of God, when it says fear God, that means to revere him and to respect him, to, to stand in awe of who he is. And we stand before the Lord God, Jehovah, the creator of all that is. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And the third party of the, uh, of the, 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 the Trinity of the God, it is Holy Spirit. He is in us to guide us. So we should indeed learn to fear, to fear him, to revere him and to trust him. If we look up the word, uh, you know, the, the term uh, in charge, it means in control of someone or something. If you look up the term in charge, it means in control of someone or something. But it also means having the responsibility for someone or something. We are in God's charge. God is responsible for us. Okay. And you don't realize how fortunate that makes you. God has responsibility for us because we are in his charge. He has eternal and total perspective. You can and should trust him. Okay. I want to go back to scripture. If we go to Isaiah 26, 1. 
Isaiah 26, 1. Praise God. In that day shall his song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will, will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth, the truth may enter therein. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Okay. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high. The lofty city he layeth it low. He layeth it low even to the ground, and bringeth it even to the dust. Okay? All right. All right. So there it is right there. You keep he will keep us in perfect peace if our minds are stayed upon him. Because if we trust in him. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. He brings down them that dwell on high. There are many people today that are dwelling on high, so to speak. In their own minds, they think and they believe that what they feel is right. Everyone else is indeed wrong. You have a group of people that right now are saying that their way of life and what they believe in, and even though it's counter to God, that they are the ones that, that's right. And they're living in a very lofty state of mind. Jesus, God refers to them, them that he brings out them that dwell on high, the lofty city, he layeth it low. He layeth it low, even to the ground and bring it even to the dust. Okay. So we need to, to, to always remember still to, to keep our eyes focused on him. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So during this time of such turmoil, either in your life or in the world around you, keep our minds and our hearts stayed on God because God is in charge. He's going to bring down everything. Everything in this world, again, in your life, in, in, in your community around you, in your province, in your state, wherever you're living, everything that is counter to the word of God will be brought down to its knees and will brought to destruction. As plain as that. I'm not saying it. The word of God is saying it. So we simply need to keep our eyes stayed on him and then we will have peace. We see a lot that's going on that we're not in approval of. We see, we see a lot of people saying and doing things, especially in leadership positions that we are not in approval, we don't approve of. We need to just keep our eyes stayed on him. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because God is the one that is in charge. We need to thank God for this peace that passes all understanding. His peace that we have is a precious gift as we trust in him and believe that he is indeed who he says he is. Okay. If you are a believer, then you have to believe that God is exactly who he says he is and that everything that God says he will do, God will indeed do. Nothing is going to go on on this planet or anywhere in the universe for that matter that is not in accordance with God's will. Okay. Right now, it may seem like those that are going against God, it may seem like they're getting away with something or that they're getting their way. But trust me, when I, not trust me, trust the word of God. When God says that those things that lift themselves above and will indeed be torn down, they will be torn down. So we just need to keep our eyes stayed upon him and we will indeed have peace. We need to thank God for, for everything under his control. We need to ask forgiveness for fighting him and trying to wrestle for control of our lives, which is many times, it, it's a human instinct. You know, it, it's, it's nothing new about the human instinct that we want to control our lives. And we need to, 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 to fight doing that. We need to, need to fight doing that. Okay? God is the one that is in charge. We need to understand that we don't always understand his ways. He sees it all and knows what is in best, is best. For you, for the country, for your province, for your state, for your community, for this world, for this planet. God knows what indeed is best. God is indeed in charge, but we must let God be in charge of our lives also. While God is in control, since we have free will, we've been made free moral agents, we can mess up God's plan for our lives by disobeying God's laws. Okay, now God is in charge, so God says this is how you should live. This is what I want you to do. This is what I don't want you to do. So he's in charge. He's in charge. But yet still, on the other hand, he's in, because God has set the standard. So therefore, he's in charge. Okay. This is his house, so to speak. Okay. You know, you, you come into my house. I, I have a set of rules for my house. When my kids were coming up, when they were still living at home, they're all grown now. God bless them. And I have grandchildren. But when my, my children were home, they, there was a set of rules for our home. Okay. And I was in charge. 
yeah, so they still had the ability, they had the ability to stray off because they too are free moral agents. But then if they strayed off, then they suffered the consequences of disobeying the rules of my house. So it is with us. God is in charge, but he gives us free will then to choose to follow his rules. So if we mess around in our lives ourselves and we disobey, then we are going to mess up God's plans for our lives. Okay. Okay. God is, God is sovereign. He's omnipotent. Okay. Everything, but we can tie God's hands in a heartbeat if we disobey him because then God can't do, he can't go against his own word and just allow us to be blessed if we're disobeying him. Okay. So God may have a plan for your life, but if you insist on disobeying him, God is in charge. But if you insist on disobeying him, then you're going to mess up God's plans for his life, for your life. Okay. Now, God can certainly come around and, and clean up, clean up your act and everything. But just think what you may wind up eventually accomplishing, maybe five days, five weeks, five months, five years down the road, road, you could have accomplished right away if you had simply listened to God and obeyed God. You see, you see, all things work together for good for those that love him, the word of God says, but you can certainly delay it by your disobedience to God. All right. Okay, okay, okay. So God is the one that is in charge. And if we go to Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 16, Proverbs 16, starting with verse number one, it says, The preparations of the heart and man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy works shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts, I'm sorry, thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord has made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone that is proud in his heart is an abomination to the Lord. Everyone that is proud in his heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Now, again, that word fear means, means reverence, okay, standing in awe of. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Can you imagine that? If you're, in a, if you're living your life to the point that you are pleasing God, then those people that would come against you will wind up being at peace with you. Okay? Because, because you're, you're doing things that don't please God. So therefore, God's going to look out for you. And God's going to make things work for you in, in, in your life. Better is a little with righteous than great revenues without right. In other words, it's better for you to, to not have a whole lot of money and a whole lot of material things if you're living a righteous life life than someone that has a whole lot of money and is, li- and is living unrighteously. Okay. That's why the word of God, Psalm 37 says, fret not yourself about evildoers. Okay. Okay. We don't want to be like them simply because we want to increase our bank accounts. We don't want to be living unrighteous lives simply because we want a, a, a prettier house, a fancier house, a bigger car or, or more cars or more houses. Verse number nine says, a man heart devises his way but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. As I said before, have you ever made big plans and were so excited about the way things were going to work out, but then your plans unexpectedly came crashing down? We've all been there at one time or another. It's all happened to all of us at one time or another. At that moment, it feels like the end of the world when everything that you thought was going to work out so well just totally fails. Seems like the end of the world. We don't know the big picture. We easily settle for whatever looks good right now. But God does know the big picture. Therefore, he does not want us to settle for something that is not truly good for us. All right. So then the question is then, how should we live? How do we, how do we live this life? Well, I'll say to you, how about trying to put God in charge of everything? Because that way, our whole life is led by Holy Spirit. Okay. We know that God's in charge. You say, oh, yes, God is in charge. The world's falling apart. Oh, God's in charge. But how about letting God be in charge of your life? Put God in charge of your work. Then what you've planned will take place. 
You see that in Proverbs uh, 16, 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. It really is amazing what can happen when we say, say yes to Jesus and put God in charge. How about starting today, you simply say, yes, Lord, you take control of my life. Take control of my work. Take control of my kids. Take, take, take control of what's going on in the community. Take control of what's going on around me. Yes, you're in charge. And then, and then, remember that it's not about us. It's about God. If you remember to give things to him and let him just be in charge of your life, it's not about you. Then it's about God. Because then you stop hustling and running about seeing how you can fix your life. You sit back and you rest and you relax and say, okay, God, I know that you're, you've, you've got this. You've got this, Lord, just take it. Take it where you will. Okay? We all know that God has no limitations. That's why anything is possible when we live with God. You know the scripture. Nothing is impossible with God. Well, how much do you really believe that? All right. How much do you still try to do for yourself? If you really believe that God's in charge, then let him be in charge. Okay, we can see what the same verse says. It's Proverbs 16, 1 to 4 in the Amplified Bible. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible, and then you'll see how it all becomes clear. All right? It says, started, uh, Proverbs 16, verse number uh, 1 says, The plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man, but from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts, and the intents of the heart. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. The Lord has made everything to accommodate itself and contribute to its own end and his own purpose. Even the wicked are fitted for their role for the day of calamity and evil. Okay. So the people that are doing wicked things, you know, they're, they're fitted for their role because they have their end. They have their end. Okay. And through all things, God will indeed be glorified. Even the calamity and the wickedness that we see going on, God is going to be glorified. I mean, that alone is something that should, so it should almost keep us cheerful, if that's the right word, or, or keep us hopeful anyway. All of the wickedness that we see going on, all of the things that we going on against the word of God, just knowing that God, through all of this, God will indeed be glorified. And if we just stick to our guns and stick to him and remember who we are in Christ Jesus, that we shall indeed be okay. All right. We will be okay, regardless of what's going on around us. Amen. Amen. When we surrender to God, he enables us to start thinking more and more like him. See, that's the key. When we surrender and enable and, and, and give everything to God, then God enables us to start thinking more and more like him. And we put God in charge. God's will becomes ours. That's the key. If you put God in charge, God's will becomes ours. Okay. It's almost like, I mean, a really real fundamental uh, uh, point of view is that imagine your job. You know, you, your job has a mission statement. You, you, your boss has a mission and, and you have, you give an assignment. Okay. And you don't go fighting that assignment. Not if you want to stay employed too long, you know, you know, so therefore you put yourself in the will of your boss. In other words, yes, boss, I will carry out your assignment. Okay. And because of the fact that you're, that, 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 that that's the boss's will, it becomes your will. Because now you are saying, yes, boss, you told me to, to make three spreadsheets and to make them so many columns is by so many rows and so on and put these, these uh, formulas in them and so forth in it, blah, 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 blah. That's the boss's will. Now that's your will. And you sit down and you do your best to make that spreadsheet do exactly what your boss wanted to represent or wanted to show. Okay. So you're doing the boss's will and that will becomes your will. Well, that's have to, how we have to be with God. God is our ultimate boss. Once we get in line and make his will, we're willing to do his will, then his will becomes our will. And that's when we see things start to change in your lives. Then your plans will succeed no matter what. All right. You start carrying out God's will. God's will becomes your will. And then things will start changing and you'll see a difference in your life. We're urged to the great calling to follow God's charge. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2, verse, uh, chapter 4. Second Timothy 4, verse number 1. 
I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept my faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not, me, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Right. So this is Timothy talking about his life. Okay. Okay. All right. I should say Paul, because Paul wrote to Timothy. Amen. Amen. So, so, so again, I want to, I want to read that from the, from the Amplified Bible here. Verse number one, I charge you in the presence of God and of uh, Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by in the light of his coming and his kingdom. Verse two, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready. Okay. Stand by and be, be ready whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. So we need to be ready, regardless of, of what lies before us, whether things seem to be favorable or unfavor- unfavorable. We need to be at the ready, okay? Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome. You, as a preacher of the word, are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Just to pause there for a moment where it says that you are a preacher of the word or to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them and so on like that. Okay. This is not only us, us, us preachers. Okay. Okay. If you're a born again believer, you are a minister. Okay. Because we are supposed to be ministering to others. Ministering means to help, to be serving, to serving others. Okay. So that means there that, 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 that we are a, I'll say a minister of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. So those that come around us, those that, those that are, are, are around us, and when, as a minister of the gospel, as a born-again believer, and our role is to, is to share the word of God with others, as Holy Spirit so guides us to share the word with others, okay? And we do that, we do that in, in a loving way, in, in, in a corrective way, you know, showing them where their lives are going astray, how they either are straying away from God or they may need to come to God. Okay, but he's urging us here, you know, that we, we continue doing that. Convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Verse number three says from the Amplified, for the time is coming, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate, endure, sound and wholesome instruction. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound like now? The time is coming when people will not tolerate sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, choosing to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. Does that sound like today? Okay. Sound like today? There are people out there there that will, are, are, are not tolerating the true word of God, the, un, the, un, the uncompromised word of God. Many are turning away from that. Instead, they're, 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 they're itching for, they're wanting to gravitate towards those that are preaching, that are saying the same things that they think are right about life. Okay? In other words, the word of God, let's say, says the sky is blue. But because I no longer believe that, that no longer is appeared for me. I believe that the sky is green. Okay? 
Okay, so therefore, I'm not going to go to anyone that is preaching that the sky is blue anymore. I'm going to stop listening to them. I'm going to go find someone else that believes that the sky is green because that's what I believe. And that feels good to me. That fits my lifestyle to believe that there's a green sky. So therefore, I'm going to look for a church. I'm going to look for anyone, friends, relatives, anyone at all that believes and, and believes that the sky is green because that fits my lifestyle. That fits what I believe. And that's what they wind up searching for. And that is what is happening today. Okay. Things that are that the word of God says is the truth, is the truth, is the truth. People are falling away from that. Okay. And part of that is because, you know, we as we as human beings are supposed to be um, um, trying, striving to, to raise ourselves to God's level. To make ourselves more godlike as much as possible, to try to to raise our lifestyles and what we think and believe uh, to, to God's level. But it's still the thinking today is that this is my thinking as a human being. So therefore, I'm going to bring God down to me. And I'm going to make what God is saying fit what, what I believe. You see? So here is Tim. Timothy is saying the time is coming that people will tolerate, will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having itching ears for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. And we do indeed see those numbers increasing, as the Word of God said that it would. And these are the times that we're living in. Okay? He goes on to say in verse number four, and will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Okay. Okay. This is really so important. And I I want to just read it through. It's so important. I want to connect three and four here. Um, For the time is coming when people will not tolerate, will not endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having itching ears for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold, and they will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Okay? People are wandering away from the truth, but God is in charge. People are wandering off, off in, into their own truths, and they're looking for, for they're following myths and man-made fictions. There are people that are changing the meaning of the Bible. There are people changing the meaning of the word. Okay, man-made fictions, man-made truths. You know, and I'm not going to get on this again and go off into a, a, a whole side sermon of it. But 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 God, the Bible says male and female. That's that's a fact. But there are other man-made fictions that are out there, other man-made myths that are developing that people are trying to follow more and more and more. They're getting away from the truth. God says marriage between a man and a woman. That's a fact. That's the truth. That's what God said. But because of the fact that it's not appealing to some people, they're looking for other things. They are looking for those people that also say to say, well, well marriage can be beyond beyond man and a woman. That they're going after man-made fictions and, as the word of God here, wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Verse number five says, as for you, us, as for you, be calm and cool and steady. Accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fully perform all the duties of your ministry. For I am already about to be sacrificed. My life is about to be poured out as a drink offering. The time of my spirit's release from the body is at hand, and I will soon go free. Okay, now that's the amplified version of what we just read in King James. Okay, all right. So, so the key, the key thoughts there are, are are how there would be a time, and we're in those times now where man will stray away from the truth. Okay, but remember that God is indeed in charge. Okay, And man may not want to believe what God is saying. Man may not want to believe that God exists. But guess what? Big surprise is God exists whether you believe it or not. I say to the atheists out there, to the non-believer, the unbeliever out there, whether you think that God does not exist does not change the fact that he does exist. And that what his word says is going to come to pass. 
So either you can get on the winning side and give up these these myths and man-made things that you're following and believing in and start believing in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and get in line with the truth if you want to spend your life into eternity with the Lord. And that's another truth to whether you want to accept it or not. Every single knee shall bow, and at the, at the judgment day, some people are going to be greatly surprised when for a whole lifetime or a good part of their life, they believe that there was no God, that everything in the Bible was a myth, that these are fictitious things, or you know, a, a bunch of crazy folks calling themselves Jesus followers, calling themselves Christians, have these, these, these unreasonable thoughts and whatnot, thinking that we're all wrong. You are going to find out that we were indeed right. But at that point, it may be too late. It would be. It will be too late for you. So you need to examine your life now. God exists whether you believe it or not. Everything He said in His Word is real, whether you believe it or not. Okay. All right. All right. We don't see the sun shining on a cloudy day. It doesn't mean that the sun is not out there. The sun is not up there. You don't see it on a cloudy day. So you're going to say, "Oh, the sun doesn't exist. It's a cloudy. I don't see it. I don't see it." That's how many perceive God. I don't see Him. I don't see what he's doing. What's he doing in this world? All the stuff that's going, God doesn't exist. You keep on believing that and see where you're going to spend eternity. All right. Simple as that. So God is telling us in the meantime to, to, to just keep on and hang on, keep our eyes focused on him. God's charge, uh, it, it, God's charge for all of us is to, to preach, to minister the word of God. There is a, is a compelling action for all of us to bring hope to the world. We are to bring the good news. That's what the word gospel means, good news. We are to bring the good news. If we are, are, are taking more time with life's dramas and shows than bringing the word, then we're missing the mark. It's as simple as that. Okay. We know that God's in charge, and therefore we need to preach the word. Let others believe and know that God is in charge so that we too can continue to spread the worst, to spread the, the good news, to spread the gospel. In order to be obedient and follow God's charge, we need to heed the following. Okay? We want to stay obedient and follow God's charge, we need to heed the following. The following, sorry. Don't ever be a people pleaser. Okay? Don't worry about being a, don't worry about pleasing people. We need to please God. Don't worry about going along to get along, as I always say. Don't worry about just, just always pleasing a, a family member, a relative, a friend or someone. Okay? Even your boss. I mean, you, you, you please your boss within the confines of your work responsibilities. We should do our best as children of God to, to accomplish them in our jobs and excel in our jobs and do what God wants us to do by all means. But we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't worry about pleasing our bosses to the point where if that boss all of a sudden says we need to do something counter to the word of God, then we ought to put our foot down immediately, immediately. We don't look to please man at all. We only look to please God. We need to keep our head in all situations. Don't be quick to fly off the handle. If things are not going on right around you, don't just, don't respond the way the world responds. You get an email message or a text message that is incendiary, that's, uh, that's upsetting to you. Don't right away fire back an equally, equally, an equally nasty, uh, you know, you know, email or text message back to that person. Keep your head. If, if it's that bad, take a moment and pray about it. Lord, how should I respond? Lord, do I need to respond at all? You don't have to answer every single email. You don't have to answer every single text. You don't have to get in Facebook and respond to every single message that's on Facebook. You don't have to respond to every single tweet that's out there. Keep your head at all times. Keep your head in, in all situations. Never lose your joy. Nothing we need to remember during these times. Never lose your joy. Remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay? Our Lord brings joy, and that's what indeed keeps us strong. Every time you see a news item or hear a news item or something else that's coming up in this world that we're in today, don't lose your joy. Don't get downtrodden. Remember that God is in charge and that he's going to be exalted. Okay. And I know what I pray during all of the stuff that's going, Lord, I just pray, Heavenly Father, with all that's going on, I don't know where things are going to be. You are in charge. But Lord, I just pray that you keep all of us, your children, safe, oh Lord God. Keep us in safe. Keep us safe. I know that you will provide for us no matter what comes on, no matter about the economy or anything else. Like God brought us through COVID, and Lord, you just keep us safe through whatever is yet to come. That's my prayer when I read about something or hear something on the news or whatever that is that is disturbing. Okay, Do not lose your joy. No thing is never stop dreaming. Don't give up your dreams. You know, If you've got some hopes, if you've got a vision for something to accomplish in your life, 
Don't lose sight of that. Continually keep it before the Lord. You're looking forward for a new position, for a promotion on your job, or, 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 or maybe there's, a, there's a, a newer part of ministry you want to get into. You know, Maybe you're praying that your ministry will even take off. You know, don't lose sight of that vision. Never stop dreaming. God can help you achieve that vision as long as it's in line with his will, his word. Okay. God, God's not going to, God's not going to achieve that vision. Oh boy, I want to get so filthy rich. I, I want to be successful in robbing a bank. God's not going to support that vision. God's not going to support that dream because it's against his word. Okay. But never stop dreaming. You know, you know, do not just get to the point where you are visionless for your life. You're visionless for your children's life, for your family's life, for your ministry's life. Never stop dreaming. Be careful in how you define successful ministry, too. Okay, be careful how you define successful ministry. And I've told you about I've known folks who, you know, went down to the bridge and, 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 and ministered, you know, to 75 homeless people. And I talked to them and I ministered to them. And I brought all 75 to the Lord. I, I brought, they were all saved, you know, because of what I said and everything. No, 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 no. That, that, that's, that's defining. That is, un, that is not defining your success correct. Because first of all, we, we can't save anybody. Jesus Christ does the saving. Okay. So don't be out there saying that I went down under the bridge and I saved, you know, so many of you didn't do anything. That's not defining success at all because that's erroneous. God does the saving. Holy Spirit hopefully gave you the words to say to those people to minister to them that indeed wound up, wound up, wound up touching their hearts and they gave themselves to the Lord. Okay, but be careful how we define success in whatever ministry that we're, we're having. Okay, and lastly here, never forget, never forget, never forget who you are in Christ Jesus. You are a child. You're a child. You're a child of God. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and Holy Spirit is in you. God has his hand on you. God wants to move your life. God wants to use your life for, for his glory. He, he wants, you to, wants you to be a powerful witness. He wants you to be successful in life. God loves you. Remember that. God loves you. If you slip and stumble and sin, you run quickly to him, and you repent of that sin because the word says that he is faithful to forgive. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Do not forget that. Okay? And remember that God is in charge. If we are more concerned about what people think of us at the expense of God, we'll miss out, okay? We need to find out what is pleasing God in your life, what do you need to do to please God more perhaps in your life, and then do it, then do it. Please God in every way. Ask yourself, what is my end game? What is it that I hope to, where is it that I hope to be? At the end of the day, where is it that I want to go? And then pray to God and help him to get you there. And ask him, Lord, first of all, is that where you want me to go? And if it is, Lord, help me to get there. And along this process, you know, you, you can expect to be attacked. You expect to be attacked. The enemy will always try to bring hardships to dissuade you, to turn you off, to, dis to discourage you. He does not want you to continue to be successful. So therefore, he's going to put every monkey wrench in he can in the works there to just mess you up, you know. You've heard me say before that the minute that we become born again believers and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and the Savior, a big target gets put on our backs because now we become a threat to the devil. All of the time along when you were sinning, when you were out there doing your own thing, you know, the devil just say, oh, I got him. I got her. I can collect any time I want, you know, and, you know anytime. There's no, no biggie. You know, but the minute your eyes are open, your heart is open and you receive Jesus as Lord. Now you become a threat because the devil knows that now you will become aware of his activities. He knows that now you have that Holy Spirit that's going to point out when the devil is trying to get into your life. So now you become a threat and he's going to throw distractions. He's going to throw things to discourage you, things to, to try to dissuade you from doing what God wants you to do. But remember that God is indeed in charge. And as long as we keep running back to that, every time the monkey, every time the devil tries to throw a monkey wrench at us, we keep that in mind that God is in charge. You run to the Lord, Lord, this is happening, this is going on, this is going on. How do you want me to proceed? What should I do? How should I move forward? Be encouraged to follow God's charge. If you are told by God to do something, you continue to do it until you get new orders. Okay? If God tells you to do something, you keep on doing it until you get new marching orders. And if you have not heard any new orders, do not make up orders on your own. <laughs> okay? Okay? All right? 
You're on your direction to doing something. God said, this is your charge and this is what I want you to do. You just keep on moving along that path, okay? Then all of a sudden, if you think things have gone quiet with God, maybe there's no communication, don't say, oh, I think maybe I should do this. No, no, no. If you're not hearing immediately for God, from God in a communication, then you just be still and know that he is God and you just patiently wait. Patiently wait and then he will pick up. He will, he will pick up the phone, so to speak, and he will contact you with new marching orders, new direction, or to stay, stay the path, stay the course, or whatever it is that he wants you to do. But don't go making up things to do on your own. That can prove to be disastrous. Amen? Amen? God is in charge. Again, I'll just close by saying he's in charge. Don't worry about what you see. You walk by faith and not by sight. He is the one that has the, the world in the palm of his hands. You see what, what the, the scriptures we started out reading in the beginning there. Okay. Right. You know, the, the rivers, the oceans, the mountains, everything God has created. And he is indeed in charge of what's going on. So over the next few days and weeks and months ahead of us, the next years, and, you know, we, we, we're going through certain uh, uh, political times here. And I'm sure things are happening in your country or in your province or in your state where you are, there's certain things going on. And we don't know where things are going to end up, but we do know that God knows. And we just give everything and say, Lord, you just take things and handle it the way you want to handle it, because we know that your will shall be done. Simple as that. Right? And we do not worry about it. We don't get frustrated because God is indeed in charge. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And, and if it was, why don't you uh, give uh, the link to where we can be found to others. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. That's www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified when these messages are available. Uh, we're on YouTube. Genesis 1 Christian Ministries, Genesis 1 Christian Ministries, and uh, uh, we have our apps still. They're free of charge, apps for Android and for Apple devices, free of charge. Download them uh, through those apps and through our website. You can also download these messages free of charge. You can download the video or the audio-only portion um, and save them for future reference or pass it around to someone who maybe, uh, uh, you, you know, can't, can't get to the Internet or whatever. But uh, they're there for you, okay, in many ways that you can hear the Word of God. And we just pray that uh, you just continue... Continue pushing on and, and trusting God, okay? And, and again, again, pass on these messages to others so others can be blessed also. We praise you, Lord. We thank you so much for this time. And let us just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time that we've had with you, Lord. And we pray now that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, O oh Lord, until next time, that we shall continue to listen to your word and to, to just be relaxed, knowing that you are indeed in charge of our lives and everything that's going on around us, O oh Lord God. We give it all to you. We surrender to you, Lord. We will, we will give up trying to do things ourselves and trying to wonder and worry about what shall come next and what shall come to pass. But we just give it all to you. We shall sit back and relax and, and know that you are God, oh Lord God, and that you are indeed in charge. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We magnify thy name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Again, go forth and be blessed. Hope you have a wonderful day and week ahead. Until we get together next time, go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord.